This is Amy Cohen Epstein, founder and executive director of the 20 plus year old nonprofit organization, the Lynn Cohen Foundation and The Seam, the series for education and awareness in medicine. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing female founders, entrepreneurs, scientists, doctors, researchers to talk about women's health, wellness, and preventive care. Take a listen. I am thrilled to be talking to one of my closest friends, Jenny Galuzzo, who also, side note, is my little sister, my sorority little sister from college, so I feel extra connected to her. And this is one of those moments where I feel so, I mean, without sounding cheesy, so blessed, so lucky to have such incredible women in my life and to have met so many at such a young age. When I met Jenny, I certainly didn't know um, that we would have a lifelong friendship that we, I hoped, but I didn't know. And I also didn't know from the first time I met her just how incredible she is. So being able to, you know, to interview you today is a treat. I feel like I, in these professional capacities, I get to ask questions that I wouldn't normally ask. So I'm actually really excited because there's things I've always wanted to ask you, but you know, you don't think about it when you're talking about just life. So welcome to Jenny Galuso. Thanks for coming oh, on. That's such a good intro. That made me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> this you're is so welcome. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's the highlight of my day. Um, for sure. My week. So, yeah. Asked at you and the I, I don't know when it was, but I remember having a conversation about what you wanted to be when you know when we got out of college and quote unquote grew up, um, and it was um, on air. I, you wanted to be Diane Sawyer, um, and I remember that. I remember that conversation very vividly. And tell me first. I know that's not who you are now, but tell me why that dream existed um, at such a young age? Sure. I, I always worked. In high school, I worked as a model, and that was something that was, like, defining and different and gave me, like, direction and purpose and sort of kept me out of, I don't know, what would have otherwise been more trouble. I feel like I got in a lot of trouble, so I don't know. <laughs> And then um, I realized that wasn't going to be a career that was going to have longevity for me. And so I'm really curious. I really like politics and world events. And I thought journalism seemed like a really good way to switch to be able to pull all those things together. And like, I've always loved the New York Times. Like I read the op-ed in high school and I'm Mm. I'm I'm just like nerdy like that. And um, so I, you know, I still want to be Diane Sawyer. I just don't want to be like Christiane Amanpour. I just don't think that's actually where my life is going. But <laughs> but they have the best jobs ever. I am a super nerdy news political junkie who reads all day on like Twitter and like the New Yorker and the New York Times. I love it. I just think um, when I was when I was that age it just seemed like a really interesting direction to go in. And at that time, it was like a heyday in some ways of the news. It was like the late 90s and there was a lot of, you know, Peter Jennings and Diane Sawyer Mm -hmm. and it seemed really glamorous and exciting and it really was. 
And then in college, if you remember, I started interning at like the local ABC station in Durham, North Carolina. And I would like listen to yes. the police scanner. It was just fun. It was like a fun thing to do. And I always like working. I like having something that's outside of what I was doing on my day to day, different groups of people to know and different ways to like feed my curiosity. So that's why I got into it. And then I and then I pursued it for a really long time and love it and still yeah. love it. And you were on air on was it Plum TV? Is that right? I started my on air career at News Twelve The Bronx, where right. I was. Remember, I had to carry my own camera yeah. and tripod. <laughs> it was a, called a one man band or one woman band, and you had to go to the set up your whole thing, shoot it, edit it, do everything. Was such a good education and cover the local news in the Bronx. And then I That's went so and I worked cool. at Plum TV, which was like the complete opposite, which was like you know, sort of a fluffy news startup, TV startup in the Hamptons. Right. That's, I remember and that stage. That was fun. I hosted a TV show there for a few years, a year-round TV show, and produced it myself and booked it. That was great. Super fun. And then I did stuff in the and city, did, like freelance. And what did you say? What are your takeaways from those, from that, you know, that part of your life and your, that part of your career? Because to me, it's all one career that builds on top of each other. But what's your takeaway? Absolutely. I think everything happens in chapters. And if you think about careers, and this is something we've learned now, and I can look back and see that everything happens and builds and happens for a reason. And I really believe in like, at some point you have to know when it's time, when that chapter's done. It's like I knew when the time was over with modeling, like I wasn't going to go make a career out of it. And at some point I knew the TV world was done for me, you know, the nights and the weekend schedule. And I had a little, I had a baby and just, you know, my career wasn't necessarily going where I wanted it to be. The world is like Diane Sawyer and covering you know, international news assignments. A, the entire field had changed. The industry was not what it was when I first got into it. And that wasn't going to be a reality for me based on like my actual life. So it was time to switch it up and to figure out what was going to be next and to know that like that chapter had ended and what was going to be the next chapter. What, what I've learned is like you're better off being adaptable in this world now and knowing that and knowing how to like transition in and out of things than having, you know, a 30-year career in one place and then that's all you know and you're semi-institutionalized. Yeah. Well, that I was just about to, I mean, you, I was just about to ask what, you know, what are the great successes that you take from, you took from that period of your life? And I think you just, you just said it, you know, I'm sure there are many more, but I think it takes a lot of people their whole life to learn what you just said, um, that, you know, sometimes a career isn't for a hundred years. Yeah, and then you're going to do different things. And I think that yeah. there's that Nora Ephron quote, I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's basically <laughs> like one of the beauties of being a woman is that you can take risks that like men wouldn't necessarily have the guts to take and you can try on new things and you can have 500 mm -hmm. different careers and at different points in time in your life, you're going to like the headline or the top three things that define you will be really different. 
and that's very specific, I think, towards women. And so I, I could definitely say that for me at different times and eras and phases in life, you know, I would be defined totally differently. I totally agree. I think that's so, that is one of the most amazing quotes. I don't think enough women take that to heart. Um, I've talked to a lot of women myself and said, you know, I've always seen, I've basically had the opposite. I've basically had one career my whole life running the Lynn Cohen Foundation and all the facets that have popped up along the way. But I definitely see different times of my life as really different focuses. Um, and I think that it's, you know, I don't think women can do it all at the same time, but I, I don't think that means we can't do it all. I just think you do different things at different times. And sometimes that's your job or your career or what you focus on. Um, and I think that's such an incredible thing to say that, and I believe it in my heart, that we are gutsier in many ways than men. Um, and I think it's because of what our bodies can do and what we can know that we can do as women. I mean, that's, it's so true. I think women are very adaptable and mm. also um, they're, they're, they're adaptable, but they're also really pragmatic. Yeah. So, you know, you're cutting yourself a break and knowing that, that this might not be the time that you're going to have the focus for this one thing and not killing yourself because of that and recognizing that there's going to be another chapter and that you can do something different and not wasting the energy of, um, you know, spinning in circles because of that is, is a good lesson, which it takes hindsight to do. Because you don't know that until you've seen how everything builds upon itself. Someone can tell you, but it takes a lot of, like, mindfulness and patience to see it all play out. I agree. I totally agree. Which I guess leads us to a hundred percent into what you're doing now with the second shift, which is so brilliant. Will you tell us a little bit about it or well, a lot a about totally, it? It's a totally direct outgrowth of knowing that the time of TV, like I said before, was, was over um, and that it was time to move on to another chapter and not really knowing how to do that. Not having the, the, the tool didn't really exist to, to be able to do that. And I was, you know, I'd worked for 10 plus years in TV, and that's a very specific career path. And to me, it was like, okay, well, if you're not going to be in TV, what did people do? They went to like, sometimes people went to politics or worked in political campaigns or PR. But it was a very, you know, I was like, oh, this is what I do. This is the only thing I know how to do. I'm never going to be able to do something else. And right. realizing that there had to be a way to take the skills that you'd accumulated what were you good at? What were the skills that you had? And translate them and transition them into something else and figure out who are the people who need that and who want that and how does it look? And so that's what the impetus for the second shift was in realizing that there were a lot of people out there who were sidelined and also flailing and figuring out how, how to transition themselves into a new career at different times in their lives. And, that, and as it happens... The timing was very good because it was, this was like 2014 when I think we I started the business with my partner, Gina, and she was in a very specific, she was in a very similar situation, but for totally different reasons. And so we built this platform and we started building out the business and then the 2016 election hit and that changed what we were doing from being a mission of we want to keep women engaged in the workforce. We think that there's a lot of value and there's sidelines and you know, all of this 
we believe in this. We believe in flexibility of the, and that you have to create, you know, remote work should be something that's um, adapted. And then 2016, Hillary Clinton lost the election and it changed the entire dynamic into one that was much more, there was much more data. There were so many more studies done about women in the workforce. You know, women's empowerment became a movement and we were just really well positioned in that place as thought leaders already in the space. Mm-hmm. So what we were trying to do took on a much bigger story, um, but it's right. still the same mission. It's still the same story. It's just a bigger platform to tell it. And what we do is we have a network of what we call members, and there's 3,000 now women across the country who are highly vetted, and they are they have like 10 years of experience, and we check references, blah, blah, blah. And then once you're in our network, you're connected with jobs from the corporate partners we work with who want to hire you from any, for anything from like a one-off project to a full-time job to parental leave fill-in. And so it's keeping this, these women engaged in the workforce, people who should be rising into positions of power where they can then make choices that will affect next generations because we need more women mm-hmm. in leadership and we need gender equity at the very top of corporate America. So that's the whole, that's what, that's what we do. And I mean, I talked to someone today just talking about women and careers. Earlier today, I talked to somebody who had just spent 26 years working as SVP, you know, super high level at a gigantic telecommunications company. And she had taken a buyout because there was like a restructuring and she just realized it was time for her to go. And all of a sudden she's sitting there with this woman with this crazy career and, you know, total badass. And she's like, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm an imposter. What, you know, who's going to hire me? And it's like so much of yourself is tied into your job and your Mm -hmm. ego and who you think you are. And I just, you know, it's like, how can this person feel that way? Because you, you're not your job. You have three healthy, great kids. You're, you know, you have a lovely family. You, you know, you're so successful. You have a huge network. You're going to get another job. But it's like you just crumble. I also think you need a lot of times women, especially like one you're describing, need someone to break down for them what their skills are and Mm -hmm. how incredibly translatable they are and how marketable they are and how, you know, worthy they are of being recognized and paid for. Um, And I think one of the problems of women is that we, you know, we don't often see that in ourselves. And I think, you know, you have women who went to, you know, had an incredible education and great schooling and worked for a while and then got married and had kids and felt like they could never then get into the workforce. And they've discounted all they've done in those, you know, three, five, 10, 15 years, even of just raising a family and all that you do in your own house and your, you know, for your schools and all this stuff is translatable. Um, But I I think until really you came along and told women that, um, it's really hard for us to see that in ourselves. And maybe men men have that problem. I don't know. Maybe men are the same. Maybe they just don't talk about it as much. You know, women are really good about talking about their feelings. So somebody, this person I've known, you know, but I haven't talked to in, you know, 10 years can call me and spill her guts out because that's what we do. 
right? We right. tell each other our, our fears and our hopes and, um, and maybe that doesn't exist in the same way, which is super sad. Because yeah. then you don't have somebody saying, what are you, crazy? You're a badass. You know, make it, right. make it. You got this. You can do this. You can do that. Um, but, you know, and we do that for each other. It's true. I love fake it till you make it. Just, you know, go for it. Um, Just go for it. That's what you got to do. Because you can tell yourself a million stories about how you can't do something or it's not the right time or if your kids are this or if you're – there's a million reasons. And just doing it is important. And I, I mean, look, I think women should stay engaged in the workforce always. I think it's important to work. I think it's a good, uh, good, you know, paradigm to show your kids and your family. And it's important to have your money and all of those things. And there's times when it works for people and there's time when it doesn't. I want to give people the option so that they don't have to choose one or another. I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. What have been some of your biggest challenges in creating the second shift in the last six years? So so many. I mean, right now, (laughs) no one's hiring anyone. That's kind of a challenge. (laughs) My entire business is based on people getting hired. Um, and instead, they're all getting fired. But some, but some kind of, sectors are. I mean, some sectors are growing. Some sectors are. Bana- and, bananas. And it's, it's figuring out which of those businesses are growing. A lot of, you know, look, there's good things, not to redirect the question, but there's good things right now in the sense that we've been talking for so long about businesses transforming their the way that they work and having more childcare and remote work and how important it is to um, be flexible, and all of a sudden they're all doing it, and they've seen it work, right. and they know about the childcare thing, and they know about the school thing because everyone's been forced to like really confront that head on. So yeah, it's really positive, and we're we're working with companies to help steer them in the right directions as they transform how they want to work and how they want to structure their employees. That's great. Uh, what's sad to me is that a lot of the things that we've, the, the wins and the successes that we've had have been wiped away. You know, all of the jobs that were lost in the last quarter were women. Yeah. Um, all of the, you know, one in four women are thinking about leaving the workforce because of remote school and the crazy cost of childcare. So that's, that breaks your heart. And we've seen that play out also at the second shift where, the beginning of the pandemic, we had a huge amount of people sign up because people were getting fired and were freaking out and they needed to work. And then as the months went on and the reality of what we were facing in childcare, school, and just not being able to plan for anything, the numbers of people signing up has dropped. People can't take jobs. They don't know what the next like six months looks like. It's so bleak. It's so a huge scary. Bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Um, but, but it won't be forever. You'll be there no matter what. And hopefully at the end of this, we see a totally different work environment that's much more inclusive. And if that's the benefit, then, you know, I hope it was all worth it. I think so. And I think that also so many companies are restructuring, you know, what it means to come to an office and what it means to be productive from home. Um, I think that's one of the things that will come out of this and, and change where people live and how they work and live. And, you know, if you can work from home from anywhere, then you can move somewhere where you can have more space and maybe childcare is less expensive um, and still have the same job. I think that's 
one of the big pros that could come out of this. I mean, I see it around me. Um, and I do think that will impact how women choose to work and choose to take on, you know, what it means to have a full-time career or part-time or project-based. And the more options women have in that, you know, in that area, that, the better. I, I really believe that. Right now we're really focused on mental health and well-being. Yeah. Because while yeah. the jobs have, you know, dried up, we wanted to like double down on the emotional and community side of the business. And we're seeing like there's a lot of there's a lot of fallout that's happening right now as like this is just lasting for so long. And yeah. um so we're partnering with companies that are do tele teletherapy or do you know, some remote workouts or do, um, you know, just all kinds of things that to build women back up so that way we're ready to go when this world that we've, this utopia that you just outlined happens. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Women aren't like falling out of their houses bedraggled (laughs) from having spent the last like 18 months in a hole. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, we all mental we health all specifically do. too, like really with the mental health stuff, like making sure people like the anxiety and just all of it. It's, you can see it happening. I had a conversation yesterday with a wellness company um, to partner with them on Wellness Wednesday Instagram Live feeds, um, because what I found is in the women that I speak to all over the world, really, literally all over the world, is they're with this time that they have, um, they really want to learn about how to be healthy and because they need it in a way that they never needed it before. And more than just, you know, how do you balance your diet, but everything from, you know, mental health, of course, to physical health and nutrition and breaking into, you know, learning about their hormone fluctuations and how what supplements to take and what's bad for me to put in my body that will, you know, increase my metals and how do you flush them out? I mean, so many questions that women are now having and really seeking expert advice on it in a way that I've, I personally have never seen. Um, I think that's a positive because it'll help us be ready, like you said, for, you know, those light that we can all barely see at the end of the tunnel um, and that focus on our on our true health and wellness because I think for the first time in a long time you've had we've had to look ourselves in the mirror and be like I'm a mess <laughs> you yeah. know um, and it's like and you it's, can't bake uh, enough banana breads at this point no so like no. the panic's been going on too long no and when the world's a mess it falls along a lot on the women's shoulders, on our shoulders to pick everyone else up around us and reassure them that it's going to be okay. Um, that one, we forget about ourselves, but two, then you realize when it's gone on for this long, that if you're not healthy and stable, you, you can, certainly cannot do that for those around you. Um, so providing those resources is phenomenal. I think that's really amazing. I'm a big fan of like planning ahead, like being spontaneous yeah. in the moment, but having like a future plan. And so a yeah. lot of it is like, okay, yes, this sucks. This is not great. But like, what do you want it to look like then? So what are you going to do now to get there? Because the worst case scenario is you didn't do anything and then it's then. 
and you're first starting at like, you know, square one. Like, so use the time wisely, like create the discipline, do the things now that you can learn and teach yourself and spend this time that you're like the best version of you when, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when we go back to like normal life. I agree. Or whatever that looks like, whatever normal is. I agree. How do you find balance? Um, I don't know. I do Pilates. <laughs> like today, my like <laughs> Pilates studio was open, and literally the highlight of my day was like I went to the play. I walked there. I got. I did the class. I went and got a coffee and came home, and it was like a little tiny normal bit of yeah. normal. Um, no, I mean I have. I just take walks or you know go for take a bath, listen to podcasts. I don't know. Everything and feels how, like a big giant mush right now. So I'm not sure if it's balance. What is balance? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going crazy. And in your life in the last, you know, I almost, what, well, 21 years since you graduated college. Have you, and before that, No way too, that's true. Stop talking like that. We're waiting up that 1999? Stop, Stop it. it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I'm 98. What um, have you had mentors in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had we've had lots of mentors. I've had lots of mentors, especially starting um, the second shift. I found that in when I worked in TV, I did have a lot of mentors, and there are a lot of women. But it was really interesting because a majority of the women who I worked with did not have aspirational lives. They might have had aspirational careers. So while they were mentors, it was also like, I don't know if I want to necessarily follow in your footsteps. Um, but in the world... I think that's a really important place to pause you. I don't think that a lot of people separate that out. Like inspirational jobs or careers and inspirational lives. And then for you, having someone in your life who you consider a mentor, being able to then separate them out, that's really important. Well, you would, yeah, thank you. I mean, I would look at them and be like, wow, you've done all these things and your job is so exciting. I was like, I don't want your life, though. This seems like real (laughs) depressing. (laughs) So, you know, and a lot of times I would look at it and I would go from job to job and that's what you do in TV and then you would, you know, see what it looked like to have that life or that job. And it was an exciting job. And I was like, I don't do this. This isn't the life I want to have. Um, and then, you know, kind of like close that door and move on. And in the world I'm in now, which is this like, you know, sort of female foundry, women empowerment group, there are so many amazing women. There is just this like network of people who are, who help each other and support each other whether it's like with connections or it's with funding, it's this, it's just like, like a thriving ecosystem of women who I like and respect so much and could ask for anything. Yeah. Some of the women are, I agree. are that, and that's you know, so old, new. It's so oh, new. Oh, it's so great. And I think about it all the time because it's like, you know, it's, it's a sort of separate from my everyday life with like the kids and, you know, my personal friends, it's like a totally separate world that exists around the work me. And it's this, mm-hmm. I, 
I really love all of the women. It's one of the things I miss is there were so many events and ways in which we would gather and you get the energy from each other when yeah. you're together, you're having a conversation, you're having a breakfast or a lunch. That's, that seems, that's that piece of it I really miss. I Maybe agree. not the schedule as much and the like running around. It's nice to have more quiet time, but that feeling of being surrounded by women who are doing exceptional things and are mm-hmm. and are really like thriving in different ways and and engaged, whether it's like in politics or business, or you know just the women's movement. I I find that like really really inspiring. I agree, and I I, I don't women know like you, Aim, <laughs> and you, Jenny. But I don't you know when that you. turned. Also, I know, but when we started. You know, I, I rem- when we started really helping each other and looking out for each other, and it happened yeah, in I think 2016. That, That's exactly yeah. when it started. When you know, we were yeah. we had it did exist before that. It just took on an immediacy and a, yeah. just like a desperation where it re- women realized that like we had to actually pull together. We had to do these things for ourselves it really opened the door to what was happening in the world, especially because, like I said earlier, there's so much data that was done. There were so many studies that all of a sudden you couldn't ignore it. It wasn't anecdotal anymore. I agree. And, and, and you know, men have always done it. They've always, you know, given each other the, the ins and, and pushed each other in directions that they needed to go and introduce people. And women, you know, were always so secretive and, held on to their rank, you know, as if other women were going to come steal it from them. And I do, I, I, I think, I mean, you're right. It was just then four years ago when we said, wait a second, like, I don't need to hold this for myself. I need to share this and I need to share everything. I need to share how I made it, how I got here, how my challenges, my successes, and, you know, and then how can I help other women get to bigger places? I think it's, it was such a great shift, you know, sometimes, you know, always good can come out of really hard times. And I think that this, that's one of the biggest things I see personally. I really do. And I, I'm grateful Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. It, it is, it is such a, like, it was, it's such an amazing time to be part of. Yeah. I and agree. I love I women, agree. like bringing others up with them and just like, busting down all of the like conventional thought about the way in which women work together or, um, you know, how women fund businesses or what what you can and you can't do. I agree. Rewriting the new world. world. Yeah. It's a whole new world. I agree. It's phenomenal. It's really empowering. And I think I feel lucky to be this age, you know, mid forties that I can, be it and enjoy the fruits of it and be a part of it. I think that's really cool. I think I'm happy for the young women that this will hopefully always be the way it is for them. But I do find it really phenomenal to be um, this age and, and, and watch it happen, see it happen, be a part of it and, and know that younger people will get it and know that, you know, older people can look and say, oh, wow, this is happening. I wish that it happened when I was sort of, you know, going through life, basically. But 
good thing is happening now. I mean, I, I find that to be really, I don't know. To yes, me, that's one of the awesome. greatest successes. And I feel so excited that I got to be part of it. 